How's everybody doing? You guys doing well? Facebook Live, how are you? You guys there? Yeah? Give me a thumbs up if you're there. Or a wave. Say hello to the uh, person next to you. <laughs> Give them an elbow bump. Hand over the heart. Salute. My name is Keith Dollar. I'm the lead pastor here. And what a joy it is to, to lead here at City Church Garland. Um, so glad that you have tuned in with us here. This is a, a wonderful time in history to know Jesus. It always is a wonderful time to know Jesus. But this is a wonderful time for Christians when darkness seems to surround us and sickness and suffering and death and destruction and darkness and despair seems to surround us during this time. It's a wonderful time to be the light of the world as Jesus called us. The salt of the earth because the light shines brightest in the darkest places. Amen. And we know Jesus. Those of us who are true Christians, we know Jesus. We have a relationship with God. And so Christians should really just be doing what we've always been doing and just do it more intensely now. Just do what we've been doing, worshiping, praying, seeking God's face, reading his word, loving people, serving people, loving our family, leading our families, doing good to all, especially the household of faith. And so this is a time for us to continue to do what we've been doing as Christians. Just do it more earnestly. Seek the Lord more earnestly. Pray more earnestly. Get in his word more diligently and consistently. Reach out to those around you. Think about your neighbor. Think about those around you that need some help. We're going to continue a series we've been doing through the book of Hebrews And I'm going to skip a couple chapters and jump over to the end of uh, Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. And today I'd like to talk with you all about our gospel confidence. The confidence we have as Christians in the face of COVID-19, in the midst of coronavirus and a pandemic. A time in history that we've never seen before. The closest I can remember is is 9-11 where we saw something like this. And so in the midst of this difficult time, I want to point us to the confidence we have because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have great confidence because of what Jesus has done and what Jesus says he's going to do. He's going to come back. He's come the first time. To to offer his life as a sacrifice for sin. He came as the Lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Prepare the way for him, John the Baptist said. Prepare the way for the Lord. And he's going to return. And he's coming back as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's coming back to judge the world in righteousness and take us who know him, to be with him for all eternity. 
Before we dig into Hebrews chapter 10, let me just give a biblical uh, framework for how Christians are to see the world from, the, from how the Bible teaches us how we got here and why we're here and why we're in the mess that we're in. In, in the book of Genesis, we're told that God created everything. And when he looked on his creation, he saw that his creation is good. He saw that it was good. Okay, so he created everything good. There was no sickness, death, suffering, injustice in the world. Everything was good. He created mankind and he he saw that it was very good. There was one thing that God said, you know, it's not good. It's not good for man to be alone. So he created for Adam a wife, Eve. He created the family unit, a husband and wife, right? And Adam and Eve, you know the story, Adam and Eve disobeyed God's one command. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you do, he says, God said, you're, you're going to die. There's going to be death. And sure enough, Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command. They rebelled against God's command. And the creation that was good started to experience corruption. Death, disease, suffering, and brokenness came into the world through mankind's rebellion. And some of us may look back at that and be like, God, why do we have to suffer for that? Adam and Eve, you know, why do we have to experience that? You know, someone else's sins, right? Well, see, the Bible tells us that it's not just Adam and Eve who have sinned, but it's also you and I. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. We're, We're all guilty. We've all done it. Okay, we've broken the Ten Commandments, whether we've lied, stolen, lusted. Jesus said, if you look to lust, you commit adultery. If you hate someone, God sees it as murder. Okay, and God looks at the heart and we're all guilty of sinning against the holy God. But but the story doesn't end there. Though creation was God created everything good and corruption entered into the world. We live in this fallen, broken world. Christ came. He came to deal with. With sins. He came to deal with the virus. The virus that, that, that is so subtle, much like the coronavirus, much like COVID-19. It's so subtle. Many who have it don't even know that they have it and they're spreading it. They've been infected and they're spreading it to others. And sin is like that. It's so subtle and deceitful. The author of Hebrews tells us, um, to, to, to beware lest we be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. In Hebrews 3.13. But we're to exhort one another daily. And so so sin has entered the world. Corruption has entered the world. But Christ came and he offered his life as the perfect sacrifice for your sins and my sins. Christ is the answer. Christ is the healer. Christ is the redeemer. Christ is the savior. And the, the story doesn't stop there, saints. Jesus came. God did something about this brokenness in the world. And, and he, he, he saved and redeemed a people to himself, the church. And we're to be his representatives in the world. We're to be salt and light. We're to shine the light of Jesus, share the love of Jesus, speak the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world around us. We're ambassadors. We're, we're ministers of reconciliation. We're, we're priests and kings. He's called us to that. But it doesn't stop there. God's put the church in the world. But, but Jesus says he's coming back. And when he comes back. There's going to be redemption. He's going to make all things new. There's going to be no more sickness, no more suffering, no more death, no more war, no more injustice. And Jesus will deal with the brokenness and the wickedness in our world. Amen. 
And so we live in between, in this, what theologians call the already, not yet. Jesus came and he brought the kingdom of God. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cleansed lepers. He displayed the power of the kingdom of God. But he's coming back. He's coming back. And that's our hope. And that's what we're going to look at here. Because uh, this text in Hebrews chapter 10 uh, points us to look back at what Jesus has done for us. But it also points us to look forward to that day as we see the day approaching. So join me in reading from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. And let me pray. Father, thank you for those who are here. We have less than 10 here. Thank you for those on Facebook Live. I don't know how many we have. But Lord, I pray that you would bless us as we open up your word. Open our eyes to see wonderful things in your word. Give us ears to hear. Lead us into your will. Move us onto your agenda. May we recognize what you want for us. And may we act. May we know you more as a result of our time here together. May we have more confidence. May we be more faithful to the confession of our hope. And may we be more consistent in, in engaging in community with one another. As a result of our time here together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day drawing near. And all God's people said, amen. So here's the big idea. This is where we're going from this text is that through the gospel of Jesus, we have a great confidence, a confession of hope and a community to belong in. Through the gospel of Jesus, we have a great confidence a confession of hope, and a community to belong in. Now first, let's start with these verses, verse 19 through 21. And notice the therefore. I've, I've said it over and over again. When you see a therefore in Scripture, you want to go back to see what it's there for. All right? So the author of Hebrews has spent a good amount of time talking about Jesus as our great high priest. And then he goes into, as our great high priest, he talks about him being our intercessor, whoever lives to make intercession for us. And then he talks about Jesus being the perfect, ultimate sacrifice for sins. So we don't have to make animal sacrifices to God anymore like they did in the Old Testament. 
Because there's a new and a living way. There's a new covenant that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, established with his own blood and body. That was his blood that was shed for us and his body that was broken for us. And so through the blood of Jesus, chapter 10, he talks about this perfect sacrifice that that makes us holy. That, that sets us apart, that cleanses us of all sin. It's the blood of Jesus. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. And through that blood, that perfect, the sinless Son of God who Suffered and died for us, shed his blood for us. Through his blood, you and I can enter into the holiest places. Namely, into the very presence of God. The throne of grace. You see, we can come before a holy God. And we can come before our holy God with confidence. Because of Jesus, not confidence in ourselves. Not confidence in our own righteousness because our righteousness is as filthy rags, Isaiah tells us, right? But we come in the righteousness of Jesus because of his blood shed for us. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. We can enter into the presence of God. We can find the mercy and the grace that we need right now to help us in our time of need. We can come with confidence. And again, this is not self-confidence, confidence in ourselves. It's confidence in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's confidence in Christ, our Redeemer, our one defense, our righteousness. Oh God, I need you, as we say. So we can enter into the holiest places by a new and living way, which he opened up for us. He's made a way for us. You see, in the Old Testament... Everybody couldn't just walk right into those holy places in the, in the temple or the tabernacle. Some people who tried to do so died. You don't mess around with God's holiness, right? God is a holy God. Okay, I know that's a hard concept for many folks to get. But he is holy. He's pure. He's righteous. And so the, the gospel addresses this big problem that we have. That, that though God is holy and righteous and we're sinful... And, and we've done wrong. How can a holy God and a sinful people dwell together? How can we get close to God? Okay, because we've been corrupted by the virus of sin, right? We've been defiled by the virus of sin. And, and one of the things I love about Jesus is when he came in contact with the unclean, he wasn't affected by the unclean. He actually affected them by healing them. He healed the sick. Right. He cleansed the lepers. He he brought forgiveness and cleansing to the sinners and he let sinners hang out with him. He was in the world, but not of the world. Right. He didn't compromise convictions of righteousness and godliness. He did what was right. He showed grace and compassion and he's opened a way for you and I to come before God, to have this relationship with God. Because Jesus is our great high priest. He's our mediator. And there's no other mediator between God and man but Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. Jesus isn't just a way. Jesus is the way, the truth, 
in the life. And if you're watching on Facebook Live now and you don't know Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, as, the, as Lord, as Savior, as God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, then I want to challenge you now to repent, turn from your sins, and place your faith in Christ who died for you, who was buried and resurrected from the dead so that you might have eternal life. You can come before him with confidence too if you turn to him in faith. And so saints, we have great privileges. We can enter into the holiest places with confidence because Jesus has made a way for us a new and a living way. We love new things, don't we? Right? New things are great, right? And this is in contrast to the old covenant and the old way of doing things. We live under a new covenant, a covenant of grace. A covenant, an, an, etern- an everlasting covenant that Jesus himself has established with his own blood. And he's given us his life. And he has secured that covenant and he has secured us. He's redeemed us. He's made us his forever. And you know what? He ever lives to make intercession for us. We can have confidence that we're going to be God's forever, that we belong to God. Children, watching at home, what is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but belong to God. Jesus has bought us with his blood shed for us. He's redeemed us. We belong to him. And so we can come with confidence. Hebrews 4.16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. And so there's three exhortations we're going to look at here in chapter 10. And it's one, let us draw near to God. Let us draw near. We have confidence to, to come close to God. And so let's draw near. Let's draw near to God like we more than we ever have during this time. Let's seek his face with all our hearts more than we ever have in our entire lives. Because we're living in some pretty dark times. And let us draw near not only with confidence, but also with a true heart, a sincere heart. Don't play games with God. He knows your heart. He knows what's inside. You don't have to pretend or act. Just tell him what's going on there. Be real with him and be real with others. All right? And, and, and come before him with your sins and your brokenness. Hey, and remember, God forgives sins, not excuses. Okay? So, so like, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. First John 1 9, right? And so he forgives sins, not excuses. Don't make excuses for your sins and try to justify yourself. You can't justify yourself. You can't make yourself right. You can't redeem yourself. But you have a Savior who can and saints, a Savior who has. He's redeemed us. And there will be a redeemed people around the throne of God from every tribe and every tongue globally worshiping the one true God, worshiping the Lamb, saying, worthy is the Lamb. To receive glory and honor and power forever and ever. So let's draw near to God with confidence, with sincerity, with faith. Come before God in faith. When you come before God in prayer and in praise and you're just trying to get close to God, know this. That through Jesus we can be close to God. We can have close, intimate fellowship with Him. James 4 tells us, draw near to God. And if you know it, if you know it at home... Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. 
Right? You know what? Let's turn there because there's, there's some other relevant verses around that. James 4, 6. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your, your hearts, you d- double-minded. Be wretched, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. This is a time of mourning in our nation, in the world. This is not a time to make jokes and be surfacy. This is a time to recognize the world is broken and we need a healer. We need a savior to come. And James says, wash your hands. Okay, I have washed my hands more in the last week than I ever have. Seriously, I've washed my hands more in the last week than I ever have. And, and James, and, and, and the, when the Bible speaks about clean hands, it's, it's talking about, it's, it's a spiritual thing. That what we do with our hands, how we live our lives, what the, our actions, when we sin, our hands get dirty and our hearts get dirty. Right? And so James says, cleanse yourselves. Right? Wash your hands. Humble yourselves. Mourn. It's, you know, it's good to mourn. When, when, when you're going through suffering and sorrow and brokenness, it's good to mourn. Don't just stuff it and pretend that everything's okay when it's not. It's not okay. Oops, sorry. It's not okay. The brokenness that we see around us is not okay. Break our heart. Break our hearts for the things that break yours. We thank you that you're coming back and you will make all things right. And so we look to you for that. So draw near, saints, with a clear conscience. Hebrews 10.22 says, With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? There's nothing that can wash away our sins but the blood of Jesus. Only Christ can cleanse our conscience and wash away our sins. Amen. And so today, if you have a guilty conscience... If you have a guilty conscience, bring your sins before God. Confess your sins to God. Allow him to wash you. Wash it. It says, uh, he'll clean, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Uh, some theologians think that it's referring to, to baptism. Um, the Bible also talks about um, uh, God washing us, Christ washing us with the water of his word. Ephesians 5. And the next is, let us hold fast our confession. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast our confession, saints. Okay? And God's faithfulness is the basis for ours. Amen? 
And so the, 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 the author of Hebrews tells us, let us draw near and let us hold fast the confession of our hope. The, the, the confession of our hope in Jesus Christ, Christian teaching about who Jesus is and what he's done. Let us hold fast to that. Let us not back off on that. Let's declare freely and openly the faith and the hope that we have in Jesus. Because he who promised is faithful. Because God is faithful, you and I can be faithful too. I want to encourage you, saints, to confess Jesus all over your social media. If you're on social media, don't be ashamed of Jesus. Confess him openly. Uh, if you've got family, uh, family friends, confess Jesus openly. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Don't hold back. Don't try to just preserve your, your, your image on, on social media. Be willing to be a fool for Christ, if you will. Be willing uh, to step out there. Not everybody's going to like it if you talk about Jesus, right? Jesus said, if the world hated me, know that it's going to hate you too. All right? And there's going to be hard times. It's going to be difficult. You know, we're promised in Scripture, we're promised persecution. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We're promised tribulation. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. For I've overcome the world, Jesus said. Right? So we're promised persecution, tribulation. We're promised suffering. In light of those things that we have to endure, hold fast the confession of your hope. Okay, the author of Hebrews throughout the book of Hebrews is calling the people of God to persevere in faith. Don't give up. Don't go back. Don't turn back to your old ways, but persevere. And those who are true Christians will persevere till the end. True faith is displayed through faithfulness. Lastly, verse 24, let us encourage one another. Let us encourage one another. Verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. This verse right here may be more challenging than it ever has for many of us to not uh, neglect meeting together. We have been told, advised, not to gather in groups of more than 10. Businesses have been shut down. I've never seen anything like this in history, in my short life of 38 years. It's more challenging now than to live out this command. But we have some great tools and resources through which we can still connect and encourage one another with, Right? And so the author tells us to think about, consider how you might spur each other on. Think about how you can stir one another up to love and good deeds. Be faithful to show up for, for worship gatherings. Like, thank you for those of you who have tuned in through Facebook Live. I'm so glad uh, that, that you're doing that. Because this is one way that we can live out this verse. We can stay connected through our online services and there's some other ways I'm going to suggest there too. But, but the author of Hebrews tells us to do this. Consider one another how to stir up love and good works. Continue to meet together. Continue to encourage one another. He says, all the more as you see the day approaching. 
Okay? In view of Christ's return, don't stop meeting together. Don't stop encouraging one another. Keep thinking, how can I stir up love and good works in my brother and my sister? Who, who can I send a text message to, a, a letter, a note to? Who can I help out? I, I've just, I've been so encouraged by the acts of service that I see many in the church doing right now. Calling one another, reaching out to one another. Hey, you need some groceries? This is the time for us to shine with generosity. Many, many have, have turned inward and have a scarcity mentality and they're, they, they're hoarding toilet paper right now, which is just crazy to me. Like, what are you going to do with all that toilet paper, right? I mean, come on. And, and, and so let's not be those who are hoarding up. Let's be those who are pouring ourselves out, giving of ourselves, giving of our resources, trusting that God will protect us and God will provide for us as we do. Amen. Amen. And so let's do this in view of Christ's return. And as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ, the Bible teaches us that, that the days are going to get darker and more difficult. Perilous times, tribulation, difficulty. It'll get darker before the sun, the S-O-N sun, returns. Shining bright as the sun, the S-U-N. Jesus will return shining brighter than the sun. He's going to come back. We're going to see him. And we're going to experience a world of perfect peace and justice. A world of perfect love. There's no sickness, no sorrow, no suffering. And so an application here. Let me just encourage you with a couple things here. First, soak your soul in the gospel. Just camp out in the good news of Jesus Christ and let it create in you a a profound confidence because you know who you are, you know whose you are, and you know where you're going. You've been bought, you've been redeemed, you belong to Christ and he got you and no one can pluck you out of his hands. And he's praying for you. He's interceding for you. Okay? Don't allow scrolling through the news media or social media to pump fear into your heart and soul. Okay, resist that fear, that spirit of fear. And the gospel helps us fight fear. The gospel helps us fight the fear of death because Christ died and was resurrected. He's the resurrection and the life. He conquered death and the gospel frees us up who have been in bondage to the fear of death all our lifetime. The gospel frees us up from that. Hebrews 2.14, right? So it addresses that, that deepest problem that we have. And, and, and yet, it gives us great confidence. So soak your soul in the gospel, as Charles Spurgeon said. Reflect on it. Think about it. Are, are you ready to articulate the gospel to others? Do you know how? Are you ready? Do you have boldness to do so? Pray that God would fill you with his spirit, that he would empower you and give you the boldness and the confidence that you need to share the gospel with somebody else. So guard your thought life. Guard your thought life. Protect your thought life. Let God's word renew your mind. Let God's word wash over you and sanctify you. The apostle Paul in in Philippians 4, he says, verse 8, he says, meditate on whatever's pure and lovely and praiseworthy and of good report. Think on these things. Think on these things. Don't meditate on the the, the evil and the despair and the darkness and the brokenness. 
Okay, don't deny it. Don't stick your head in the sand and act like everything's okay when it's not okay. It's not okay. This world is broken, but Jesus is coming back and he's going to make all things new. We don't deny the reality of the brokenness of this world. But though we mourn and though we grieve and though we feel the pain and though we pour out our hearts and we cry. We do so with hope. Because we have a hope that goes beyond this life. Because Christ is risen. He's risen from the dead. He's alive. And he's coming back. And so we look back to the gospel and what Christ has done for us. His death, his burial, and his resurrection, his blood shed for us. And we have confidence because Jesus has made a way for us. But also we have confidence because we're looking forward to him coming back and we're going to see him and he's going to take care of all this injustice, all this sickness, all this brokenness in this world. Next, devote yourself to prayer. Draw near to God like you more than you ever have. Pray more than you ever have during this time. And Christians, just do what you've been doing with prayer. Just do it more. Pray constantly devote yourselves to prayer this is what the early church did acts 242 they devoted themselves to the prayer to the apostles doctrine to the breaking of bread the fellowship they met house to house we may have to really step up house to house meetings what's going on right now may revolutionize how we do church now those of us who have are part of the small church like this we may not feel the effects of it as much All right. But we need home group leaders to step up, to lead, to shepherd in small groups. We need small groups to flourish, to grow, to make an impact through house to house meetings. And we got to utilize technology. Okay, that's my last application point. I'm going to stay connected through technology, through social media. So, church, we have a a private Facebook group where we can communicate prayer requests and needs and and share videos and and, uh, and different thoughts. And uh, we're going to there's a group that's going to uh, watch a watch a movie together, have a watch party through Netflix tonight. Okay, you can do stuff like that. I, I heard about people who are playing games, playing games through social media like, hey, you move there on Monopoly. No. Uh, you know, everybody has a board and, you know, there's just different creative ways that we can stay connected. We have social media, text messages, FaceTime. You know, this is one of the hardest things about this is, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. Okay. Now the introverts, this, it, this may feel great for some introverts, right? Yeah. Social distancing. This is cool. I, I needed some space anyways. There's probably a lot of people that needed, need space and need rest and need to slow down. And it's, it's a good thing for, but, but the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. God has created us in his image to be a relational being. We have the capacity to absorb another's presence, the joy, the peace, the confidence, the fear, the anger. We, we can feel it. We can sense it when we're around somebody, either for the positive or for the negative. And as Christians, it is a gift from God that we have the freedom and the privilege to go- gather corporately as God's people and pray and worship and read scripture and speak words of encouragement to one another. We have the capacity 
to convey grace and truth and love through our words and through our presence. Now we can still, through technology, we can still communicate words. We can type words. We can still see one another's faces, though the glory is diminished some through the screen, right? So we can still connect in that way. So let's utilize these means. If you're, you know, Zoom, we, we have a prayer meeting tonight at five o'clock on Zoom. We're using Zoom. And that's a way we can all pray together, see one another's face, hear one another's voice, and pray together in unison to our God who hears us, right? And it's, that's an encouraging thing to do. Zoom, if you're not set up on Zoom, City Church, get set up on Zoom so you can be a part of that prayer meeting. My wife, Kendall, she loves Marco Polo, ladies. Some of y'all are like, yeah, Marco Polo, right? Marco Polo is pretty cool because you can send videos and watch it whenever you want. Uh, same thing. You can do that with text messages. But let's be thinking about one another, how we can encourage one another. There are, there are shut-ins that feel really lonely, afraid, despair right now. And your words of encouragement may mean all the difference to them may be huge to them. Just that you send a text message, a phone call, FaceTime. If you can do FaceTime, if they um, got FaceTime or uh, video uh, on Messenger on Facebook, you can do uh, video calls and connect with one another. There's all kinds of means that have been provided for us to connect. Of course, don't let that distract us from seeking first God's kingdom. Don't let those those tools, let them be tools don't let them be masters over our lives, right? Be wise and set some good boundaries over those. Amen? Look at this. Here's a picture of a friend of mine who posted. This is how they, they met for church or small group, right? Look at that. They're sitting there on the lawn. They got their mask on. They're more than six feet apart. They're social distancing, all right? This, here's another option, all right? If anybody wants to come to our home group, we're going to be meeting on the front lawn. Bring your mask. Bring your Bible. Bring your guitar, Brian. We're going to sing and praise the Lord together, right? You know, get some exercise. Go out to the park, too. I mean, a little exercise might be really good and helpful for many of us to de-stress. Take a walk. Take a prayer walk. Don't go on Katy Trail, all right? It's pretty tight there. I saw like a lot of folks are really, really close together, like spread out, right? This is a great time to, to engage with your family, to enjoy the gift of life, to seek God, to encourage others, to... Uh, to get into his word. Christians, let's do what we've been doing. And let's do it with greater intensity. So let's pray. Father, thank you. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We will fear no evil. For you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our head with oil. Let me read this psalm, Psalm 23, and let's pray it. The Lord is my shepherd. Is Jesus your shepherd? If Jesus is your shepherd, know that he will lead you. If you're not a part of his sheep, you hear his voice today, respond in faith and come into the fold. Come to Christ. Surrender to Him. Let Him wash away your sins. Let Him give you hope and confidence. And give you a confession of hope. 
Let him give you the community that you long for. When you're in the body of Christ, you're in the family of God, you belong. You're a part of God's family and you're loved. You're accepted. And God loves you and he wants you to experience the fullness of his love. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God, help us create in us a contentment with you and you alone as our shepherd. Make us lie down and rest in green pastures beside still waters. Restore our souls. Jesus, you said that you, you and you alone, you give rest for the soul. Would you do that to those who come to you today? Give rest to their soul. Would you lead us in paths of righteousness for your namesake, God? Especially your church. Lead us in paths of righteousness. Show us the way. Show us the path. Be our path. Be our guide. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now. Globally, we're walking through it. But you say you're with us. And may your church fear no evil. As we know you're with us. We know you're for us. We know you're going to carry us through. We know that you've been faithful and you will be faithful. We look back on your faithfulness and we look forward to seeing more faithfulness for all eternity. You got us. You prepare a table. Before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forevermore. Forever. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself Restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To Him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May He lift up the light of His countenance upon you. May He give you His peace.